Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. Now the prairies were behind, and the emigrants were camped at the foot of the pine-clad mountains that rose thousands of feet above them. The long trek had taken its toll, both mental and physical, The men who sat around the campfire were tired, and Jeremy Taylor, the leader of the train, knew that it was up to him to build up their resolution, to call on their last resources for the crossing of the last great barrier. He spoke quietly. We've come a long way, friends. Now to most of you, it seems that you've been pursuing a dream. But let me tell you this. You're not like the others who came out before you to find gold. You're looking for a new home, and that home isn't any dream. It's there beyond the mountains, the warm green valley you've been longing to see. One week more and we can be through the pass. Only one week more if you work hard, work every minute. If you don't, it 
might take a month. And it might take forever. What's that, Lance? I said it might take forever. You admit it's late in the year. What if we run into a blizzard going through the pass? Well, we'll have to fight our way through it. And what happens when we fought all we can? Then we fight some more. Or lie down and die like the Donner Party did. No, Jeremy, I'm speaking for a lot of us. It's too dangerous to go through the pass right now. It's more dangerous to stay here. Well, we could try another pass farther south. There's not only the danger of a blizzard, there's canyons in this one that outlaws use for hideouts, renegade Indians. Why, there's hundreds of places for them to set an ambush. Now hold up there, Lance. You joined us late outside Salt Lake. You said you'd come from the east. Now you're talking like Kit Carson himself. Like you know more about this country than I do. Well, I... I just know what I've been told. Well, maybe you'd like to lead the wagon train. I... I didn't say that. Well, one thing we've got to get settled. If I'm to stay in command, you men will have to do what I think is right. There's no question of who's leader, Jeremy. You brought us all the way from St. Joe. We got a trust in you. Is Doc speaking for the rest of you or is Lance? Doc is. We're with you, Jeremy. We know that you'll get us through the pass. All right, then. We set out at sunup in the morning. Wagon train started through the pass at dawn the next day, and Jeremy had succeeded in raising the spirits of the emigrants. But the narrow trail climbed steadily, and their progress was slow. They covered less than ten miles the first day, only five the second. And now on the morning of the third day, the trail was nothing but a ledge on the brink of a thousand-foot drop. Jeremy and Sue Maitland, the doctor's daughter, rode ahead of the first wagon. You look worried, Jerry. Well, I am, kind of cold, but the weather's still fine. There's been a lot of rain for this time of year. Any time we round a curve, we're apt to find the trail washed out. What do we do then? We can't turn back. We'd have to dig into the cliffside. Slow us up a whole day. It's not a washout you're worried about. No. Did you hear the shot last night? Mm -hmm. It woke me. Pa came back to the wagon. He said Lance had fired at a mountain lion. Well, first Lance said he saw a man on horseback. Then he changed his story. There's a fear in Lance, Sue. It's no healthy kind of fear. Something tells me he knows this pass. He's scared of it. Scared of every pine tree, scared of every gully, scared of every shadow across the trail. Man with such a fear will shoot first. What's that? First breaking away above and behind the sea. He'll catch the first wagon if we don't stop it. Whoa, whoa, there, whoa. Get around, get around. Get up, get up. Get up. Tons of earth and rock slid down the steep slope as Jeremy and Sue raced back toward the first wagon. They were directly in the path of the landslide when Sue's horse stumbled and went down. <laughs> Sue was thrown and landed perilously close to the brink of the precipice. Oh, Instantly, Jeremy was out of the saddle. He picked the girl up and started to run. His horse had bolted toward the wagons. He ran faster. He was nearly out of the path of the landslide. One last desperate effort and he was clear. But a single boulder bouncing at an angle hit him and he went down. Hey, Sue, Sue! Are you all right? Yes. It's Jeremy, the rock hit him. What is it, Jeremy? Hurt my leg. Let us see. Is it broke? Yes. I'll, I'll set it and put it in a splint. Then we'll move you into my wagon. I won't be able to scout the trail anymore. Oh, of course you will. You can do it from the first wagon just as well as from a horse. No, sir. Well, never mind. You're lucky you weren't killed. Now, stand back, everybody. Let me go to work.
The wagon train traveled no farther that day. After Jeremy was carried to the doctor's wagon, the men went to work clearing the trail, and it was late afternoon when they had finished. Just at dusk, Jeremy heard the excited voices of the emigrants outside the wagon. Sue, what is it? What's the matter? Oh, it, it's nothing. Come here, tell me what's happened. It's two riders on the lower trail. Lance spotted them. I guess he may be right. What about? What do you mean? He says they're outlaws. And he's ready to shoot them on sight, I suppose. It could be true. Paul looked through his binoculars. One of the men is wearing a mask, and the other one is an Indian. Don't you worry about it, though. The men are ready for them. They've taken off down the trail, and they'll be hiding behind the rocks. If the masked man... Did you see him yourself? Yes, for a second. What kind of a horse was he riding? White. A beautiful horse. And the Indian. Was he riding the paint? Yes, that's right. The white horse, Sue. Have you ever seen one like it before? Never, Jeremy. Beautiful. And the way he was running, his stride so smooth and easy. Oh, it must be silver. Sue, you've got to stop them. Don't let them shoot at the masked man. He's a friend of yours? He saved my life once. He saved a thousand lives. He's the best friend any man could have. Sue, he's a lone ranger. Oh. Get word to your pa fast. The girl ran down the trail to the last wagon. There she found her father. Pa, hurry, stop them. Don't let them shoot at the masked man. Uh, Jeremy says he's the lone ranger. The lone ranger? Uh, men! Get out from behind those rocks. Don't shoot. The masked man riding up the trail is a lone ranger. Oh, they heard you. Well, most of them did. Uh, there's one still got his rifle leveled. It's Lance. Stop him. Lance, stop. Don't shoot. The lone ranger and Tuttle galloped around a turn in the trail, each with an arm held high in the sign of peace. But Lance was sighting along the barrel of his rifle. He was about to pull the trigger when the doctor threw himself on top of him. What's the matter with you, Lance? Didn't you hear me? He's an outlaw. Uh, have you gone crazy? I told you who he was. That's the Lone Ranger. Would an outlaw ride up the way he is? Look at him. Well, I was afraid. Uh, get a hold of yourself. Hold on, hold on. mister. I want to apologize for this reception. We saw your mask. Isn't saw... Jeremy Taylor around? He can identify me. He did, just in time. You see, Jeremy broke his leg this morning, and he's inside my wagon. He was caught in a landslide. Oh, that's too bad. Will you take me to him? Sure thing. I have some news for him. I'm afraid you're in for some trouble. Trouble? Huh? What kind? I'm not sure. Did you ever hear of a man called Jake Grafton? No. Grafton? Do you know him? But he... He's a crook, an outlaw, a killer, Sam. Do you know him? Well, I, I've heard of him. You'd better come along with me while I talk to Jeremy. This way, mister. Thanks, easy, steady, big fellow. Come on, fellow. Uh-huh. Doc led the way to his wagon, and after Jeremy had greeted the Lone Ranger, the masked man told him the reason for his visit. See, we were camped outside of Virginia City the day before yesterday. We passed through there a week ago. Yes, I know. Tonto was in the general store buying some supplies when he heard your name mentioned. Uh, tell him about it, Tonto. Ah, me see big fella. Me hear man with him say his name. Drafton. That right. Him talk to storekeeper. Ask about wagon, wagon train. This wagon train I'm trying to locate should have come through here about a week ago. Maybe 20 schooners. How come you're interested? Well, I know some of the emigrants. Such as who? Well, if it's a train, I mean Jeremy Taylor is the leader. You know him? Some, not as well as the others. How long ago was it they passed through Virginia City? I didn't say that they had. 
You'll get no information from me, mister. <laughs> I got all I need. Let's go, Mac. Me follow them to cafe. Them meet other men. Me listen to talk. Them say, stay night in town, go after wagon train in morning. When Toto came back to camp, we decided to catch up with you and warn you that you might have visitors. Unwelcome visitors. Tonto not like looks of men. You think they're looking for trouble? They may be. I don't know anybody by the name of Grafton. Uh, this man has heard of him. You, Lance? Yes. I knew we shouldn't take this pass. Grafton and his men know every inch of it. They used to hold up here. They'll ambush us, Jeremy. Nonsense. They'd have to get ahead of us to do that, and there's only one trail through the pass. How many men does Grafton have, Tonto? There's six. Six men against all of us? Uh. Well, they might attack us, but we can fight them off. Uh, just a moment, Jeremy. Lance, who told you that Grafton used this pass for a hideout? I know, that's all. I know too much about him. That's why he's after me. After you? Look, he wants to kill me. Let me borrow your horse, Jeremy. Let me ride on through the pass by myself. Grafton won't do anything to you if I'm gone. So now it's coming out. This is what you've been afraid of so long. Why, Lance? Why does Grafton want to kill you? I told you I know too much. What do you know? Well, I, I could turn him over to the law if I wanted to. Then it's your duty to do it. Yeah, but duty doesn't mean much when your life's at stake. But I'll tell you. It was Grafton who robbed the express in Denver. A month ago? Yes. Now let me get away, Jeremy. You're safer with the wagon train. That's true, Lance. I haven't understood why you've acted the way you have lots of times, but now that I do, it's different. We're your friends. We'll stick by you. But they'll attack us at night. We'll keep a strong guard. Oh, Tonto and I will be glad to scout for you until you're through the pass. You hear that, Lance? The Lone Ranger and Tonto will scout for us. There's no chance in the world of Grafton surprising us. Well, look, can I, can I move my wagon up closer to the front of the train? Well, you can't do it here, but as soon as the trail widens out, yes, if it makes you feel safer. All right, then. I'll stick with you. <laughs> Look, man, I want to tell you about Jeremy. Yes? Make sure that he does. What? Very sure. Well, Toto and I'll ride back now and find out where Grafton is. Let's go, Kimosabe. The Lone Ranger and Toto raced down the trail, and two hours later, they neared the opening of the pass. Easy, Silver. Easy, boy. They saw a campfire just beyond the opening, and they slowed their horses to a walk. Oh, Silver. Oh, Scott. Oh, fire. Easy now, boy. Easy. There are more than six men around that campfire, Tonto. Ah, there are plenty more. Do you recognize any of them? Well, big feller, him Grafton. Others, they... Kimasabi. What, Tonto? You look. Feller, stand up now. Him Indian. An Apache. Not right. So Grafton has joined forces with the renegades. Oh, that plenty bad. Yes, Tonto, yes. The wagon train is up against a fight they can't win. curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue our story. When the Lone Ranger saw that Grafton and his men had joined forces with the Apache Renegades, he realized that the odds against the wagon train were too great. From the shadows at the opening of the pass, he and Tonto counted the men around the campfire. Thirty Indians, six of Grafton's men. Uh. There's a detachment of cavalry camped near Carson City. That's the closest help, Tonto. You want me right there? Yes. You can slip by the campfire through the woods. Tonto, bring troop plenty fast. Go to it, Kimisabi. Get him up, scout. Get up the trail, Silver. Come on, boy. The Lone Ranger reached the wagon train. He called all the emigrants together around the doctor's wagon and told them what he had found at the opening of the trail. Are you sure they're Apaches? I'm sure. It's Gray Wolf and his renegades. Grafton's worked with them before. You've just made a big mistake, Lance. It's no mistake. It's a truth. I know. Yes, that's what I meant. You know too much. Grafton robbed the express office in Denver. He used this pass as a hideout. Now you tell us that he and Grey Wolf have worked together before. What are you getting at, mister? No honest man could know so much about an outlaw's activities. I think Lance was a member of Grafton's gang. No. Jeremy, I'd like your permission to search Lance's wagon. No, you can't. The wagon is my property. That sounds like you're hiding something, Lance. I've got my rights. Go ahead, mister. Search it. Doesn't seem to be anything here. Nothing but supplies. We look under these bags of flour in the corner. Hold the lantern closer, Doc. Yes, here. Look. What is it? It's gold. With a Wells Fargo mark still on the bags. Oh, my goodness. Come on, leave this with Jeremy. So now we have the whole story, Lance. You were a member of Grafton's gang when they held up the express office in Denver. The gold was left in your charge. You decided to double-cross your outlaw friends. You bought a prairie schooner and joined this wagon train, hoping to get to California with it. But Grafton found out what you did. He trailed you. Now he's going to attack. You placed the lives of every one of these men in danger, and you'll pay for it. Tie him up, men. All right, take it easy. Well, we know where we stand now, Jeremy. But that doesn't mean we're safe. We have to think about protecting the train. We'll do whatever you say. Then get the wagons moving. Now, tonight? There's a place a few miles higher up where we can build a barricade and make a stand of it. All right, let's go. The wagon train began to move once more with the Lone Ranger and Silver at the head of the column. The snow fell more and more heavily and it was impossible to see more than a foot ahead. The masked man walked beside Silver, holding on to a stirrup. In spite of the intense darkness, the great white stallion seemed absolutely sure of the trail. Once he stopped... What is it, boy? Cautiously, the masked man stepped forward, holding his lantern high. But Silver nosed him to one side, and then the masked man saw why. Another step, and he would have been over the edge of the precipice. Thank you, boy. Watch it here, men! There's a sharp curve to the left. The trail's very narrow. Keep close to the cliff. Better lead your oxen and follow the cliff with your hand. You'll have to feel your way. During the next mile, the wagon train began to open dangerous intervals, and the Lone Ranger called a halt to give the stragglers a chance to catch up. 
He was conferring with Jeremy when a man came running up from the rear of the train. Jeremy! Yes, Slim? Jeremy, there's somebody coming, men and horses. The wind let up for a second, I heard him down the trail. Yeah, this is no place to fight them off, mister. No. Have one of the men lead Silver ahead of the train. Keep moving until you hear a waterfall on your left. What are you going to do? Stay here. The trail's so narrow, one man can hold them back. When you get to the waterfall, send Silver back to me. I'll see you later. Hurry up, men. Get those teams moving. Silver did not like to leave his master behind, but a word from the masked man was enough, and he started out with one of the emigrants walking beside him and shouting out directions to the wagons behind. It was dawn before the train reached the waterfall. Here's the waterfall, men. Pull up. Here's where we stop. Jeremy ordered the oxen to be unhitched and the wagon barricade to be thrown across the trail. Then he sent Silver back to the Lone Ranger. Go on, Silver. Find your master. As the great horse raced down the trail, the wind began to die down and the sun broke through the clouds. Silver saw the Lone Ranger behind a large boulder at the side of the trail. Through the long hours of the night, with darkness and the storm to help him, he had held back the Indians and outlaws. But now, realizing there was only one man standing against them, they were preparing to overcome him by sheer force of numbers. As Silver stopped beside his master, the Indians and outlaws urged their mounts up the trail. The masked man swung into the saddle. The boulder gave man and horse protection until they rounded a sharp turn. And before the renegades reached the turn, Silver's great speed had carried him out of range of their guns. When the masked man reached the wagon barricade at the top of the pass, he swung from the saddle. Oh, sir, oh, easy, steady. Get ready, men. They're coming. Ten minutes later, a war whoop rang out through the crystal clear air. The Indians and outlaws charged up the trail. Don't waste your ammunition. Hold it. Now, let them have it. The emigrants fought desperately, and their first charge was driven back. But Grey Wolf rallied his renegades and charged again. Once more, they were driven off, and then they changed their tactics. Dismounting, they took advantage of the cover along the cliff wall and crept closer and closer to the barricade. Many of them were picked off, but many of their bullets reached their targets. The doctor and the women of the train were kept busy caring for the wounded. Then the Indians withdrew. They aren't giving up, men. My guess is that they'll try another charge. How's your ammunition holding out? We haven't got much left. I'm all out now. One more charge will be about the end of it, mister. This rifle's blistering my hands. I can't tell you to hold your fire. There's only one way to drive them back. Do your best, man. There was a long wait. The Indians seemed to have gone. But the emigrants knew that every one of the giant boulders sheltered at least one renegade and his mount. Then they charged again. The defenders of the barricade returned their fire, desperate but still determined. And then... A bugle call, the command to charge, and sweeping around the lower bend of the trail, the cavalry. The outlaws and the Indians were trapped between two fires. The cliff and the canyon cut off any chance for escape. In five minutes, the battle was over, and every one of the renegades who had survived were captured.
battle in the pass took place on Monday. And on the following Thursday, the wagon train had reached the valley on the far side of the mountains. The snowstorm in the mountains had fallen here as rain. There was no sign, no touch of winter. Every tree, every blade of grass was green with a spring freshness. And Sue, sitting beside Jeremy as he drove the first wagon, could hardly believe her eyes. It's like a new world, Jeremy. It is a new world for us. After all we've been through, home at last. Oh, it's a wonderful word. Jeremy. Be careful of my leg. I'm sorry, but isn't that the Lone Ranger? See where I'm pointing? It sure is. And Tonto, and there's others with them. Hey, Jeremy, they're Indians. Oh, holy, holy, Welcome to Spring Valley. We're sure glad to be here. And we're glad to see you again. Uh, thank you, Sue. I'd like you to meet one of your new neighbors. This is Chief Thundercloud. Oh, glad to know you. How do you, you Chief? The chief and his tribe live on the reservation at the far end of the valley. Ah, me glad find good neighbor. Me bring you present. Presents? Turkeys and venison, Sue. Oh, that's wonderful. We don't have much left but bacon and beans. I know. And that's hardly enough for a feast. To celebrate getting here, you mean? And to celebrate the day. The day? Don't you know what day it is? Why, it's Thursday. Yes, the fourth Thursday in November. And by President Grant's proclamation... Jeremy, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, masked men, thank you. Chief Thundercloud, thank you. Of course we'll have a feast. And you're all invited. Just think, Jeremy. Our first Thanksgiving day in our new home. There was a great circle around the campfire that night, the pilgrims and their new Indian friends. And just before they started to eat, Doc Maitland asked Jeremy to say a few words. A few words? Well, I guess I can say what's in all our hearts as well as anybody else. Let's bow our heads, friends. Dear God, we thank you for our blessings. First, for our new home and for your help in getting here. And we thank you for this country. So big and beautiful that there's room for all of us. Room to live and prosper and worship you in the way our spirit tells us we should. We thank you for the gift of freedom and for the men who have protected that freedom. Yes, we thank you for them especially because we met one of them so recently. And, and maybe just because of meeting him we'll be able to live a little more like you'd want us to. Not so much for ourselves, but for other people. I, I guess you realize we all can't be as strong and, and brave and honest as he is. But we'll try. We, we thank you for our blessings. And we'll try. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank you.